0: music cast now here's your host the sly dog hello and welcome back to the sly dog music cast i'm your host sly dog and i'm really pumped to have with me today from cobras and fire Baco. how you doing i am
1: well man how are you alex and uh first of all thank you for having me on how are you man
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I've been I've been a Cobras and Fire listener for for some time. Like I I would say it goes back to like 2015. I started listening to the the show. So to have you on when I'm finally doing my own podcast is great.
1: Well, I appreciate that. And, um, I don't know if you're familiar with our blanket apology episode. Uh, I will now add you to the list for the next blanket apology <laughs> that we throw out there. So, uh, oh man! but no, I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, uh, mutual respect and love there. Of course, uh, we met in uh, Nashville this last summer. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me on, man.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, it was kind of hard to find someone that wanted to talk about this band we're gonna talk about today and we'll probably get <laughs> into why.
1: Uh yeah. I, I've been begging somebody to get me to talk about Wasp man. I, what, what? my co host never heard of the band until Dustel Geek talked about them apparently. But uh that was balls on that for a long time. But that no, was I, a shocker. It, th- that, that, there's a little bit of uh, a bullshit and uh, us teasing each other on with that. But uh, uh, I I still rub his ass on it. Yeah. Well, the, the short version of that story is early on. I, I put, put Wasp in a couple shows. He never said a fucking thing. Anytime I brought him up, he, he really didn't get into it. And then one day he's, he tells me, yeah, you know, I was checking out the latest episode of decibel geek, man, you don't, you should check out Wasp. They're actually really good. And I'm like, What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, So much so that I made a comment uh, on on Facebook uh, on one of the things he said. And Chris Sinzak thought we were actually, like, might be fighting, fighting. Now, this is years ago before. I think the nature of our relationship is is if it's out there and we're fighting, it's pretty much bullshit. But
0: uh, I don't know. But, yeah. Fucking A. Wasp. Wasp, yeah, that's that's what we we're talking about today. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I tried to get do you go do you watch a uh, Razor Fist? Like, I, I'm not gonna lie, I find his political content abhorrent, but when he does his metal mythos on YouTube, he's a Razor guy. Fist, yeah, he's a YouTuber, he does great metal content on YouTube. He I'm also familiar. Does- yeah, he did a great uh, retrospective on Wasp and uh, he was the other guy I was considering getting on, but I, I cannot get a hold of him. So I think I, after you did that episode uh, recently, I forget who you had on. It was like one of your friends and you played all those Wasp songs. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, Baco would be perfect for this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, i toward
1: the episode where I tried to uh, get um, Dave Brewington from Believe Your Brother to become a Wasp
0: fan in his 40s. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it could happen. It could happen. Hey. Yeah. But Wasp, the legendary metal band uh, or Blackie Lawless's uh, stage name, we, it could basically be at this point. Uh, I'm with you there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this band. To me, they've always kind of seemed like legendary in a way because what I. And tell me if you agree with me, like when I look at all the 80s bands, you know, that we kind of celebrate the Dawkins, the Bratz, the Motley Crue's, Um, I feel like Wasp made just as good music as any of those bands better in most cases, I, I think. But they're kind of left out of the conversation. And would you say, say you agree there? Yeah, I don't think it's that, that hot of a take. I think it's, it's anybody that's familiar with all that
1: stuff. And it's, it, it, it really is mind blowing to, to be talking to somebody who's like got to be half my age <laughs> and, and so into that stuff. And and by the way, not just into it, like like for real, like you're educated, you're smart. You know what you're talking about. We're going you're, you're not just skimming the surface on, on this shit. But yeah, no, I, I think so. Um, I think Blackie. Man, he he probably could have been financially better off if he would have focused on being a songwriter. I'm not sure what the the ends there, yeah. but you know, and that, that's not a shot at him uh, as a performer or a singer because I think he's great. Uh, but yeah, I I do think he had the kind of um a certain formula, almost a Desmond Child kind of way of approaching songwriting. It's pretty consistent, and when he hits, it's pretty high. When he doesn't, you know, it's it's still middle of the pack. And <laughs> and and I think the, the the first wasp records are pretty damn consistent. I mean, there's, I have my favorites and stuff that in that sense, but I don't think Docking did one, two, three, four as well as they did. The crew definitely didn't. No uh, rat, maybe only because every record's the same. But <laughs> um, you know, so those are the, yeah. You're right; they are kind of left out of the conversation a little bit, uh, largely. Kind of like why Kiss doesn't get taken seriously in that stuff, because they did so much with the image that, you know, it's like, oh, man, there's some really good songwriting here. Also, the guy tied up women to a a, a (laughs) torture chamber and threw meat into a crowd and his cod piece was uh, a buzzsaw and he (laughs) had no ass cheeks. So (laughs) it is difficult to sell them. You know, as a total package, you almost have to like hope people don't know about the background and just play the music because I I do think that is where they kind of stand the test of time. And I don't know. I know we're getting to the records, but I'll tell you right now that that debut album,
0: it, really good production for a first record. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's something we'll get into too. And I like that you point out the songwriting because that's something I feel goes overlooked a lot. Like a lot of these songs, like fuck like a beast. Like let, let's let's be real. That could go. That could be done. Someone can write that song and it could be really stupid. If you gave Gene Simmons the task of writing that song, it's probably not going to come out that well. Sure. Blackie manages to craft a melody and a set of lyrics that <laughs> they're they're they dirty. Around, around. Yeah, yeah, it's hooky. Even just that melody, that like da 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 da, it's brilliant. Even for that like dirty dirty song it's brilliant and you wouldn't think that and that's what makes those, that song hold up and a lot of those songs like it's the right
1: well he has kind of a what i can he's
0: kind of like gene simmons
1: light I, he, he has so much bullshit and all of his stuff that uh and he can't let it go like just like gene simmons to this day he can't not be blackie lawless and in any interview i don't know if you heard the eddie Trunk one recently yep. but but if you go back to oh, did you ever see the the concert? They called it the Sting, kind of a, a oh god, kind of, supposed to, oh god, the Sting, yeah. But they play they play fuck like a beast in that, and he has this bullshit story about like yeah, they approached us about let us this comedian, we think he's going to be really good. We'd like him to open for you. And I went out and watched his show and he called his wife a beast and said he had to go home and fuck her. So I wrote a song called fuck like a beast. And of course he has to drag the comedian into it now because it's someone we know and respect and what he wants to be latched onto that. And that's where I kind of think he does a lot of that stuff. Sam Kinison is whom he claims was like, wasp was like, please let him open for you. That's the first part I don't like. And then Blackie was inspired by this great man that that he got to see early on and can clearly recognize as a tastemaker in comedy. Uh, Blackie Lawless found this guy to be an inspiration, not just as a comedian, but as a a, a writer of
0: great song titles
1: that will never be on a record. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. That interview, like, I was, you know, I was so excited, man, because... You know, he doesn't do a lot of interviews. He doesn't do a lot of press. Yeah. Like, he, he, even, even what's out there, like, I, it's, it's not far off from what he did with Eddie Shrunk. But I still, I couldn't help but hope. I couldn't help but hold out a little hope that we would get something. And then I listened to it, and the questions Eddie asked, and the answers he gave, I was like, Ugh, I should have saw this coming. I should have saw this coming.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, there, there, there's some nuggets. And I thought Eddie did a decent job. Um, but there was clearly like areas he was going to be comfortable with. And it was mainly about like, you know, well, this is what I wrote to promote the, the tour and stuff. So,
2: yeah.
1: um, whereas I, I think, you know, as podcasters, we really enjoy the interviews where somebody kind of like puts their guard down and then gets, can get into promotion mode at a different point. You know what I mean? And they kind of right. open up and be a little human and give you that side, <clears throat> I honestly think that's why podcasting is kind of blown up is because a lot of people really just want Like Blackie, it's not 1987 anymore. We, we know a lot of this stuff is just BS, you know, just come out give us a good show and be an honest person. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Uh, so let's go and let's move into origin stories. How did you get into Was? Like did you jump in on the first record or did it take a few for you?
1: No, it was right away. Um, now this is when, um, and I'm not sure exactly how I first heard them that that part, I honestly don't know, because we didn't have MTV at the time. I definitely didn't see that video for uh, uh, I want to be somebody for I don't even know when I would have seen it first. But I did have a friend, um, uh, Carl, uh, who I just uh, uh, touched base with in Seattle this last fall. Um, him and I you know, were basically the Wasp buddies, uh, but he, he had the cassette and got me into it. I had pretty much insisted on dubbing it right away and bought it as soon as I had paper route money, um, my own copy, because, you know, the dubbed cassette was nice, but not, not enough. Um, But yeah, that first record, man, 1984, God, I can't move. It's towards the end of 84 or something like that, if I remember right. But, but it was definitely one of the, the heavy rotations in my cassette collection at that time, it would have been like animalized that uh, probably out of the cellar things of that nature you know i was just establishing my switch from vinyl to cassette, my yeah. one of my many format journeys but uh yeah no th- that record it's perfect um i listened to it i know now i do own it on cd and I, I bought it on vinyl i don't know in the last 15 20 years um it real quick side note of that no matter what blackie lawless wants to tell you about what wasp stand for it does have it etched in the the inner ring we are sexual perverts, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> there you he go. Can pretend he can pretend that that was never part of it. And maybe you know he's just having fun with it. I don't really don't care about that as much as anything. But that record, you know it it is just I, like I said, it's fucking perfect. You go from yeah. beginning to end. There really aren't that many dogs. There aren't any dogs on it. And and when I listen to it now, because back then I didn't really think about this kind of stuff, but the production actually stands out against most of its peers of this time. You know what I mean? Motley Crue had pretty good production on most of their, their records. Uh, Rat had one production on every one of their records, but it was still pretty slick, <laughs> yep. but you know, like, you know, Doc and their first record was kind of like raw and kind of edgy and stuff like this, that this album is, is better produced than at least the next one by Wasp. You know what I mean? And there's a, right. that one is maybe, you know, not a bad produced record is what, I just don't think it holds up as well, but we'll get there. But man, yeah. So right away, got into it, and you know, it really fit with my mindset at the time. Um, with uh, you know, um, dad getting remarried, having me having to change schools, all this kind of stuff. And Blackie, you know, you know, speaks that language—the outcast, the uh, you know, nobody believes in you, but you can be a rock star with long hair and a and a codpiece that shoots fireworks and <laughs> pants that don't don't have butt cheeks. You know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No back. He doesn't carry a wallet in his pants because there's no pockets in the back. There's just ass. <laughs> the old. He, what about? Maybe uses
0: the old prison wallet.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. The, well, at least the the other side, then the cod piece would fit in good.
0: So. <laughs> that's the balls. That's how. He, that's how he. You know, it's the whole spinal tab bit. We have armadillos in our trousers. You know, the women are terrified. Oh, there's a visual for you. What about <laughs> you, man? Uh, for me, so wasp almost seemed like a legendary being when I was growing up. They were one of the few bands from that year. My dad wasn't into, so I didn't have any. So how old were you in 84? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Negative 11. <laughs> All right. Okay. So you had
1: not heard them yet.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, my right, first sorry. exposure was uh, watching metal mania on VH1 classic. And I saw the video for wild child. And at that point I was familiar with Motley crew. I was familiar with Rob zombie and Alice Cooper. And I was like, Whoa, like this is like the missing link. This is how you get from Alice Cooper to Marilyn Manson. Like this is uh sure this is insane. And I'm, I'm Blackie just looked terrifying. I'm like, I, I want to hear more of this. But I grew up in rural North Dakota. I grew up in a town, you know, very, very tiny. The nearest like closest thing to a record store is probably fye at the time and the nearest one was like a 90 minute drive away as was like the nearest walmart or starbucks or anything like mm. that resembled civilization i was in the middle of nowhere so not too
1: far off for me at that you know when this record came out anyway
0: yeah so like the band like i couldn't i could never find a cd in north dakota so it was just kind of like a legendary thing to me like i might catch the video for wild child or uh, forever free or something or the real me on vh1 mm. classic but that was kind of it All I had was like seeing them there or seeing them in like one of those metal documentaries. So when I moved out to California and I lived near and I lived near Amoeba Records for a period of time, when I had the money, as much money as a broke college kid could have, I would go to the record store, of course. And that's how when I started to build my Wasp record collection, I started with uh, Live in the Raw and it was everything I hoped it would be. It was loud. It was that 80s metal sound, but it was very melodic. And Blackie's voice to me is still one of the best voices in heavy metal. It's so insane in the way he sings. I think a lot of it is uh, like his tone is a really unique tone that he, that he Mm -hmm. sings in. It's very high, but it's very raspy. And it's very full. Like I can kind of figure out. There are certain singers you can do impressions of like, you know, Brian Johnson is, is Marge Simpson. Homer. I can't figure out that he's Donald duck, man.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I can't figure out how to do Blackie Lawless. It's, it's weird. He's got a really weird voice, but it's really cool. So I slowly started to build the collection. I started with Live on the Raw, and then I got, uh, I think the next one I got might have been one of the newer ones. I got Babylon, and I, and then eventually when I got the first one, that was what sealed it for me. That, this was the record that sealed the deal, like you. like It's just perfect start to finish, and my copy has a, it starts with Fuck Like a Beast, it's the remaster. So, yeah, this thing is, it just blew me away. And then I was like, okay. They put I'm, it as
1: the opening track, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like when they do that. Look, throw the bonus shit at the end. You know what I mean? Anyway.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know it any other way. So that's, it, it, it would be weird opening with, uh, I want to be somebody. But that, that's where I started. And they just kind of attained that legendary status in my mind. They became one of my favorite bands of that era. And I'm like, I really want to see them. And I kind of figured I wouldn't get that chance. I didn't think they were going to do another US tour. Or if they did, it would be like, festivals and i'm not really a i'm not really a festival guy like i'd rather see a hmm. full full performance like not just
1: yeah, me too for for five, this band anyway
0: yeah like for some bands it probably would be fine but for wasp i would want a whole thing and then this this year we finally get the news that they're gonna do another u.s tour which i'm like fuck yeah and, and, and they're coming near me i can finally see this legendary band i've loved so much uh i can see them perform live and i think the other thing uh fuck i forgot to mention I'll, i love the growth of this band uh, they went from the fuck like a beast and the wild child, and the ball crusher to like headless children, which is so thoughtful. It's like, so like, like it's a lot deeper than, than that earlier stuff. It's still good. It's just, it almost it- seems
1: like it was planned out. Like, uh, uh, almost like they were writing like a, a series for HBO. Obviously, I think we both are old enough to know that that isn't really quite how it works. But no. I remember at the time thinking, wow, this is really what Blackie's plan was all along. And, you know, it turns out I was just an you know, immature idiot. But uh, yeah, hey, can yeah. I say something real quick? Because you mentioned um, uh, uh, Blackie was the link between uh, Alice Cooper to Marilyn Manson. Did I get that right? Yeah. I actually think Wasp is how you get from Motorhead to Motley Crue interesting it, it, it's, it's kind of somewhere in between there you know because uh i definitely like they're heavier and, and got a little more edge to them than motley crew and motley right. crew kind of is that is that gateway it's like when motley crew pulls you in you know they might pull in like people who are eventually going to like poison and, and shit like that but uh for me it was like it was because that's how i went i went motley crew wasp and years down the road, Motorhead, I'm definitely a late bloomer with Motorhead. But when I listen to it now, I'm like, God, that especially that debut record has that kind of like Motorhead aggression to it. But it's not quite there. It's somewhere between Motorhead and Motley Crue. So.
0: Right. It's like after Shout of the Devil, you, you either go to look what the cat drag did or you go to Ace of Spades. After there that. you go.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, that, I did both. I I, yeah. I went to uh, Poison, and then like you know, as I matured more and my my ears worked better, I uh, I went back to Motorhead.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, they were just they're just a legendary band, and I love them. And I think they write great songs. I never get bored of them. Like I might take a break from them, but it all still feels fresh to me. Like even Definitely not boring. Even even some of the albums like where I'm not as big of a, a fan of that we'll get into later uh there's still stuff there that i really like like all, like on an al- album like hell dorado which i'll get more into the next episode like like damnation angels is an incredible song like sure. and, and that and that other songs of the record can't take away from that but yeah that's kind of my origin story definitely much later in the game than yours but uh yeah i've built up the collection well, you, of, you um, didn't
1: have a choice in the matter i mean yeah you know
0: yeah, I I don't know. I kind of like. I wonder what would have happened. Sometimes the damage I would have done had I had those <laughs> albums in high school when I was listening to like Marilyn Manson and Motley Crue and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I wonder, but I found it later in life. Well, I,
1: I can I can I can I can attest to this. Wasp will not help you get laid when you're no, a teenager. No, so. and,
0: and and neither and neither will <laughs> no metal band will none. Yeah. Yes. None. Yeah. I put, I put Judas Priest on a mixed CD for a girl and probably terrified her.
1: I think though, I mean, well, they, they, this is probably the age thing. Uh, in my head, people still, I mean, my, uh, poison was considered metal warrant was <laughs> slaughter. That stuff was all considered metal at that time. It probably seems ridiculous looking back, but it really was. So right. yeah, I mean, I think those bands probably helped to get laid a little bit, but, uh, it really yeah. took uh, a little, uh, a couple, uh, attempts at, uh, getting some game down and then alcohol. That was probably the biggest system in me getting laid. So.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Uh, ne- <laughs> next Sorry, thing else. Uh, yeah. Next thing I want to hit on is uh, the upcoming tour. Kind of, like I kind of mentioned, I'm really excited for it. You kind of mentioned you're a little skeptic, you know, with, with COVID and everything, which is understandable. You, you might have to travel for it. I think like it's not, it's I not- think the
1: shortest distance I can drive is eight hours. I have a, the buddy I mentioned, Carl, him and I are are in talks of like maybe doing a destination show. Uh, my co-host lives in Denver. Um, he they're doing a show there, so maybe that would be a kind of a meet in the middle spot for us from Seattle. But it, uh, it, it no matter what I do, it, it's going to involve a hotel, a, a flight, probably or at least a long drive one way. Yeah, and I just it, if it was something that I could get to locally. Yeah, I'd probably just be buying the tickets right now, but I'm gonna wait till closer. And then, the, and my buddy's the same way. Uh, he was just like, "Yeah, like I, I think it's a good idea. Let's see if we can kind of pull it together. If not, it'll be a DVD, maybe some decent, you know, crowd shot footage yeah. of this." I honestly, as much as I want to go see this, and I will, I will take it all in. I, I, I truly believe Armored Saint's gonna destroy him every night. I just don't view Wasp as a band that much. Uh, it's it's Blackie and and I know these guys have been with him a while but they've been with other people a while too these are it's just a different thing and Blackie is very into the show and a lot of times when you get too far into it because he doesn't have kiss money to do a show right he has wasp money to do a show which means that there's probably a lot of things that are distracting and pulling away from just the performance every night and I think Armored Saint can just probably just step up there and just like be armored saints and just destroy them with a great performance. I'm not saying they're going to really like, you know, intimidate them or anything like that. I mean, people are there for wasp and that yeah. kind of thing. So uh, I, I don't think blackie has anything to worry about. I'm just saying, if I go, uh, I guarantee I, my gut feeling is that like, I'm going to go, well, that was a band. And that was Blackie putting on Broadway as best he can, or something like that. It's just in my gut feeling. So I think is Blackie's, Blackie's going to use a lot of backing shit too. You know what I mean? He, uh, he but-
0: does, because uh, as we'll get as we'll get into it on more on the later records, than, like I think it kind of starts around I'd say the Crimson Idol. He starts doubling his voice or adding backing call and response backing vocals that he just cannot answer. So <laughs> I think what he does is he has his bass player or his other guitarist lip sync the other blackie part and the other blackie part just plays on tape uh, you're
1: referring to, to live right because he's yeah, probably live. doubled his vocals on almost every record
0: yeah like it's just, like the stuff just, where like it's he very
1: can't,
0: yeah it's the stuff where he can't like he sings something and then like really quickly like he would have to like inhale and sing the next part it would have to be, <laughs> okay be, like, the, like the back and forth yeah. but, like in chainsaw charlie you know like the call and response will you feed my hunger if i swallow live stuff right down my throat Will you choke me till I'm raw? Like that's really hard to like spit out in succession. So like.
1: And again, if he had a bigger budget, he could probably just hire somebody that can pull that part off and and be on stage and be an actor or a character. Right. Which I think, you know, Blackie is very good at painting these kind of pictures, but.
0: Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see how it goes because I've seen footage of what he does overseas currently, and it's not very theatrical. It's just him playing with a band and there's screens. There's no, there's no meat. There's no anything. And he keeps saying like, this is going to be like the first tour. I'm like, okay, so there's going to be meat. There's going to be blood. There's going to be. I
1: think think his backup there is that the meat was only like local LA shows. They didn't actually, once I got signed, that was uh, kind of a done thing. I'm not positive, but that's my understanding. If if there's a get out for him. I did think he, you know what? He kind of sold me when he talked about like, and this is very blacky, but this is the one thing that he said that like actually got me going, that's an amazing way to to, to put the show. He talked about how they're gonna have hay bales for something. He's like, yep. I don't want you to just see the show, I want you to smell it. And I'm like, as someone who grew up on a farm, maybe that's what drew me because I know what a fucking hay bale, especially yep. around me. I was like, but I was like, that is you know, for as much bravado and bullshit this guy puts out there, that was pretty good, man. I was like,
0: I'm gonna smell this fucking show. <laughs> right. We're both we're both gonna walk in and go. Reminds me of home. <laughs> I grew up on a dairy farm, so uh, yeah, I I would immediately go, yep, uh huh.
2: <laughs> so
0: yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, it, it it I I'm skeptic that it's going to be as theatrical as he as he says it is. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be the screens and he might have some footage playing, but I don't see, I I don't see the rack. There's a lot
1: you can do with that nowadays. So yeah,
0: he's not going to have the nun on the cross like he did on the KFD tour. (laughs) Like that's not happening anytime soon. I don't think, but I think they'll sound good. That's too bad. I think they'll sound good. At least I think they'll put on a good show. Um, I do think he probably misses playing the States. I agree with that. And as for armored Saint. Yeah, I saw them. Uh, funnily enough, the last time I saw Armored Saint was at the same venue I'm seeing Lost Bat, and they were opening for UFO. So it'll it'll be cool to see them again. They definitely, they definitely, they'll definitely move around more and be a little more energetic than Blackie. will. I think Blackie's going to leave most of the action to the visuals, and he'll. Well, just he's of... an
1: old man, and he's also basically roped into that ridiculous mic stand. So. He...
0: Oh, he doesn't use that anymore. I don't know if he's going to bring oh, it back. Re... For the t- I don't know if he's when gonna did he back...
2: stop.
0: <laughs> He stopped after the uh, after the Dominator tour. He put the mic stand away, and he just has a regular one now. Um, I don't know if okay, he'll go. Fair back- enough. I don't know if he'll go back to it. I think it'd be funny to see him try and climb up it now and ride it like he did in the Sting uh, movie. Oh man! But- I didn't
1: even think about that, man. Yeah, God, how old is Black? He's got to be he's, mid to late 60s, right? He's, he's, I think he might be in his 70s. I think he might be in his
0: That's 70s. That's
1: right. He goes back to that, that early 70s New York scene. Fuck. Yep, the New York dolls. See, I'm like picturing myself, you know? I mean, I, I've uh, opined about my my recent back tragedies at the age of 50, and I'm like, <laughs> as you were describing that, I'm thinking of myself climbing into that fucking weird thing. I'm like, yeah, you're right. That old man can't fucking do it anymore. You know what I mean? But uh, Yeah,
0: like Like, he'll throw his back out the first night of the tour. he will
1: be like, ah, okay. But his backing tracks, I mean, like, there's going to be not just the the stuff that he can't sing. I think there's going to be a little... Uh, Paul Stanley enhancements. Uh, what what what, are, what what? Kiss fans actually want to think Paul's doing is what Blackie <laughs> will do, which which will he have just a little bit there to add a little more depth to it? I think Blackie can still sing. I don't know. Oh, yeah. But man, God, that sucks. He's in his 70s. Because yeah, I was like going, getting ready for this. I'm like, well, maybe they got a new record
0: coming out. You know what I mean? That might be oh, kind of fun, you know? Allegedly, there's something, according to that Eddie Trunk interview, there's some kind of wasp 40 man. years collection coming with like new tracks on it as well so that'll be interesting to see if that actually fleshes out i don't know blackie has promised stuff before and not delivered so i i Again, take in the
1: the gene simmons in him he's like a dime, mm-hmm. dollar store gene simmons so
0: yep yep that, that'll be his bi- his autobiography too dollar store gene simmons well,
1: let, let me write your write your or your epitaph uh blackie you're, you're, <laughs> you're probably gonna hate it
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man Uh, One last thing I wanted to get it. Two two more points before we get into the album by album. First off, Chris Holmes documentary. Have you watched it? What did you think of it? Uh, Thoughts on that?
1: It was you know. There's been a bunch of these uh, kind of a flood of these uh, well shot and edited documentaries that, when you really sit down and break it down, give you next to nothing. And this was one of those. I enjoyed it because it was Chris Holmes, Um, but you know, like hired gun. I think people get a little wrapped up in like how slick it looks. The twisted fucking sister one was like, okay, like we're going to talk for two hours and then get to the interesting part and stop. Yep. Um. And, and over, and it's only going to be D and this other guy uh, basically explaining why they never made it big, but seemed also oblivious why they never made it big at the same time. Um. But yeah, I just look, there's, there's really funny parts. You know what I mean? Th- that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, he doesn't get specific enough on some of the, the, the issues he had of getting fucked over and all that stuff. I thought that the biggest um, uh, takeaway from that was that, like, he admitted he got fired for kind of bad-mouthing Blackie to a fan. Um, and Blackie found out, confronted him, and he admitted it and got kicked out. I thought that was at least honest uh, and, uh, you know, gave, you know... I think Blackie took it a little too hard. You know I mean? You have to be open to some, it, it, well, who knows? Maybe Chris softened what he actually said about Blackie. In his documentary. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it was, it was good. You know what I mean? I, my biggest issue with it is that I paid $1.99 to watch it about a, on prime about a month before it was available for free.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so I actually bought the DVD. Um, I, I was excited for it. And, I, I feel the same way you do about most of these documentaries. They're gonna be fluff pieces, most of them. But the thing I wanted and the thing I got that I wanted was I was hoping there would be cleaned up, pristine live footage of Wasp. And I got plenty of that in that documentary. So I was very happy. Oh, you
1: think so? I thought there was too little of that. But but really? I, I well, I just he doesn't own any of it. <laughs> you
0: know. Well, I mean... There was some from the Sting. There was a little bit from Live and
1: License. There was some decent stuff, but the Sting is is uh like Blackie hates that because whoever owns that and released it, it was against Blackie's wishes. So yeah, clearly, you know, that was something that he could get access to. But uh I mean look, there is some decent stuff in there, don't get me wrong. But I was just like I was almost surprised when it when they went back to it because I was like, oh, you know, because Blackie probably does control most of it.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, there's Uh, From what I've heard, like, there was supposed to be, like, a really big video uh, release at some point. Uh, He he was hyping up, like, it was going to have, like, footage from the KFD tour, footage from uh, making the Crimson Idol, and it just never materialized. Like, Mm. like again, Dime Store, Gene Simmons strikes again. So I I, I would love to see some of that footage because, you know, Wasp as a live act is incredible, like, to watch.
1: I can't imagine that um, the budget... For shooting video of them making um, Crimson Idol would have been much more than Blackie's personal VHS camera at <laughs> the time.
0: Yeah. Probably not. Probably not, because because there's bits and pieces of that stuff available, like of him reading yeah. the story of Jonathan, or like kind of explaining the <laughs> album cover. But and even that's kind He's of such
1: shady. a nerd.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Th- th- there was some mi- minutia there. There was definitely some minutia there. Uh, <laughs> The, the last thing I, I want to do before we get into the albums is what keeps you coming back? Like, why, why is this band, you know, since you, you got into them as a kid, you know, sometimes you come back to stuff and it just doesn't hold up. Like I'll, I'll, like I'll admit some of the bands I liked in high school, like Hollywood and death, they don't hold up anymore for me. They don't, but Wasp still holds up even after discovering them. When I was in college. So like what, what keeps, keeps you coming back?
1: Um, I don't know, just the music and the, the songs. Um, I, I Music always takes you back to, you know, a, a time, right? Yeah. Um, you know, mentally, at least, you know, I mean, for most people, I, I just hear, I'm not the only person who says it, I'm getting at, you know, it, it just reconnects you with things of your past that were enjoyable, sometimes maybe not so much, but you memories that you want to hold on to for one reason or another. And yeah, look, they're, they're a silly. They're a fu- first of all, they're fun as hell to talk about. But yeah, I mean, um, I have zero issue at my age putting on Wasp and cranking it when I'm home alone. Yeah, you know, I, I, that's probably the one thing that's changed in my life is that like I, I factor in other people in the house when I play <laughs> Wasp. <laughs> but no, I, I think man, these are great albums. These are great songs. I, look I, I I have fun at Blackie's expense but he's hardly the only person of that ilk in that genre that you know is a little bit of a, a dartboard it uh, makes himself an easy target is really what I'm getting at yeah. um so he gets as big much of a pass as anybody but no these albums are especially the ones we're getting into today this is the core stuff uh and we've we touched on a lot of it he's a great singer great songwriter um uh maybe not the the best person to be in a business with uh but those are not my issues man i don't i'm not gonna open a a starbucks with blackie lawless or start (laughs) a band with him so but yeah uh, to me it's it's all the above the the imagery i don't care about as much anymore but it mattered at the time and um and and you know what It, it probably is still some of that sentiment that i've talked about often on 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 our show that this this period of my life, my home life wasn't wasn't a real positive experience, uh, and again, wasn't raped or abused, but it, it just was not a very welcoming setting for me for about a four to five year period. And this is one of the things I leaned on was bands like Wasp, and so uh, I'll, I'll. But just, that doesn't mean every band I listened to at the time holds up like you were saying, but you definitely I think Wasp does, and to their credit, I, I, I'll talk about it as we get into it, but. The, the production seems to to be one of the things that like I, I can listen to without being embarrassed you know what I mean the snare yeah. drum is, is is pretty consistent on the first record
0: hell yeah for sure and for me like I, you nailed a lot of it. it it still holds up it sounds great and it does take me back it was an exciting time in my in my life moving to California from North Dakota from such a small place and you know this place I'd read about and going to music college and taking singing lesson lessons and listening to live in the raw and hanging out with friends. So yeah, it, it takes me back to that time too. And it just continues to be music that, you know, is an escape for me. Like I had a, I lost a family member a, a few years ago and the Crimson Idol kind of carried me through that because I just discovered that record around the time. So yeah, that definitely is a big part of it for me too, I think.
1: Yeah. Right on man. Music maybe.
0: Uh, hell yeah. So let's, uh, let's get right into it let's go uh we're gonna go album by album we're doing the first six tonight um out of the ashes of sister and there was one of circus circus. circus 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 there we go comes blackie lawless chris holmes randy piper and tony richards with the self-titled lost debut album released august 17th 1984 produced by blackie lawless and mark varney We've kind of already talked to Mike Varney, right? Uh, I have Mark Varney written down, but I could be wrong. Let's see. The are they brothers? Oh, Mike no. Varney is a well. My my CD says Mike, and Wikipedia says Mark. So that okay. that yeah, that, yeah, t- that tells. Me, yeah. yeah, don't don't take notes from Wikipedia, kids. Um, the no, Mike is a... Varney, pretty well known,
1: I think. Um, Shrapnel Records. Uh... Yeah. Off the top of my head, uh, but hey, whoa, 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 We cannot skip the single, which was actually tend to be released. Come on, fuck like a beast was the right. first thing they put out.
0: That's uh, true.
1: Can we at least t- well? Yeah, we touched on enough. I guess we actually brought it up. Uh, I don't have anything new to say about that now that I got another road.
0: Animal. <laughs> oh
1: uh the yeah, that, thing- w- that was definitely like like this urban legend like you didn't even know it existed especially with you know blackie's bravado on the thing yeah. um but yeah i ended up getting a green vinyl copy of it uh that oh, uh, cool. i hid hid from my stepmother um <laughs> largely and i yeah and she had the only turntable in the house it was in the living room i could I, you would not believe i think i had to wait like two weeks to even listen to it <laughs> so imagine that Imagine like hearing about this thing, smuggling it into your house, and then like not being a home alone. You know what I mean? It's like there aren't I mean, that many opportunities to be by yourself yeah. uh, with the living room stereo uh, in well,
0: 1984 or five when I would order that. <laughs> I have to laugh real quick. You're so considerate, probably at younger, so you don't get get the record taken away with when you play this stuff. And for me, it's just like I'm just like, wow. The last few days for Mara, it's just been fuck like a beast and chainsaw Charlie and shoot from the hip. No, <laughs> no, it, it was not again.
1: consideration at all. That was 100. I made forty dollars a month on my paper up. That record yeah. cost me at least twenty dollars worth of shipping. It was if anybody fucking Oof. hears this sees this it is gone so i was protecting my investment that was all i did not care at all i played my music way too loud now especially if someone like my my stepmom or my step step brother and sister pissed me off the the volume went up and then when my door <laughs> my bedroom would slam shut yep. you know i had a little three watt guitar amp and man they would complain about that I was just, I was like, live life loud, bitch, you know? So yeah, I'm still a guy who likes it loud, but yeah, you know, not if my wife's home and she wants to nap, that kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: I get that.
1: Also my neighbors, you know, I listen to music on the patio, but uh, you know, I can get it, get get it up loud enough to where someone might come over and go, Hey man, um,
0: you mind? (laughs) Real quick. Was the B-side show no mercy. Yep. Nice. Very cool. And that's a great song too, by the way. Uh, but then, this this thing is this is a piece this is perfect start to finish even like i like i said my copy opens with animal and that's kind of how i see the record uh this thing yeah it, it's perfect like the production like we talked about a lot the production does not sound dated it sounds fresh and vibrant yeah and it's everything is so clear the guitars are like buzz saws and the drums are larger than life but they're not that 80s gated drum sound like you know this is not right. this isn't hysteria this is this is much more uh meaty than that so it holds up for sure and favorites it's hard to it man the whole rec- animal the flame is one of my favorites i love the flame sleeping in the fire is a dark dark song that i really enjoy the torture never stops you know every day I you're your master beats you bloody and still you could come back for more and you every day you lay down and play the whore like man that is a line. like he's bringing the fire here he's young he's pissed off like every he's fiery gone awesome amazing
1: shows. lyrics throughout yeah. I, well yeah i want to be somebody is still one of the greatest songs of that whole genre that time that scene no matter where you come from i mean that that, that is and the what a fucking way to kick off this record that it's like I, at the time, I don't know what I'd ever heard an album that had somebody singing that fast. It is almost punk or, you know, hardcore, the way they get like, oh, you say, you know, it's like right yeah. there, you know. Um, and so that was, that was,
2: and
1: again, just so aggressive and fast. Remember, these guys went on tour around this time uh, headlining with, I think, Metallica and Raven. Yeah, um, correct. But uh, so th- the aggression on this record was very much, you know, oh, you know, something that, that, that was obvious at the time, but yeah, you're right. The flame, come on, man. Uh, that, that I, I was listening to that, uh, uh, the vinyl copy, I was listening to my vinyl copy and that song, when that came out, I was like, fuck, I'm three songs. And I'm like, I just, I, it's like, how can I forget how great this record is? Right. I mean, I've listened to it probably more than most records of this, definitely this year, but man, um, yeah, you touched on the rest of them. And like I said, I love tormentor, I and love and that song. A lot, of, a lot of times in my head, I think that's the last song because the way it ends, it almost seems like a last song, and then all of a sudden you get the torture never stops. Yeah. Fuck yeah, baby. Yeah,
0: that, that's like the encore song. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And Tormentor was the song, that was the rack song back in the day. That was when yeah. the girl came out.
1: <laughs> Imagine doing that, man. I just, like, it's, like,
0: I, I'm not defending it and say it should come back, but that is fucking nuts. I love the balls. I love the balls it takes, and you know i'm i'm all for like theatrics in a show like alice cooper is another one of my favorite artists so i love theatrics and stuff in my rock and roll so i i think that's cool what it'd be weird now it'd be really weird if he did it now i think just given the way he looks but uh then yeah it it was it was it was pushing the boundaries for sure
1: Man, i don't think about what do you think he's going to wear on this tour? He's not going to have one of those like body spandex suits with like basically from here to his <laughs>
0: crotch cut out, right? Oh, yeah. I, ha- I have some videos to, se- to send you. It's not that bad, but um, it's definitely like uh, I mean, I, sh- I feel bad saying this because I- I'm a bigger dude too, and I'm trying to. Oh, right. Work.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. But, but like at the I-, se- I couldn't pull it off either. I'm yeah, just yeah, like, you know.
0: He's definitely stuffing some meat into something that's. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's yeah, no, yeah, I'm just
1: talking. He's like a guy in the '70s dressing like that. I mean, like you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm about to be a grandpa, and I'm I'm going to dress like that when I'm fucking
0: seventy. Fuck the zoo, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just so cool. It w- it was so ahead of its time. I th- I think, and it was you know, it, like I said, amazing to me that this isn't more well talked about. I think maybe it did scare people a little bit. I I'm sure, like definitely you know, did. You know, you're going from kiss, which is, you, you know, people found scary in the 70s, and Alice, which people found scary in the 70s, to here's a guy that's singing, I fuck like a beast. He's got a girl on a rack and he's like beating her with a sword and he's throwing raw meat in the audience and he's drinking blood out of a skull and he's wearing a saw blade on his crotch. Like, you know, that's, you know, we, we've skipped some levels.
1: Yeah, no, it, it definitely did. Uh, it raised some eyebrows and, and got some people unfurled. I don't think to the level that Blackie likes to to talk i mean he makes claims that when he would tour the tour the south he would get shot at or something like that and i just don't think most people knew who Wasp was so <laughs> all
2: yeah you know,
1: yeah some preachers yeah some, you know they, they were on the pmrc list they they did their due diligence to get on there but yeah they they weren't quite that level of kiss to where it would be you know you know, a little more believable to hear the way he talks, but he's, again, he's, he's he got that Mark Torian sense to him where everything he says, he has to oversell and hype and, and, and and never really shuts off when he's got a mic in front of him. So.
0: Sidebar. It's so funny you said Mark Torkian I just watched you interview him on YouTube because, <laughs> I, because I'm just now getting into Bullet Boys and I was curious what nice. he's like. So uh, so I will I, I found your 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 interview and watched it. So that uh, so that's kind of funny you bring him up. Awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No. He's uh. uh by the way, I, I loved talking to him. You know what I mean? I, I think uh, in, as much as I I I didn't believe everything that he told me. Uh, I thought he was a genuine kind of guy. You know what I mean? And maybe I'd feel that way if I was actually sat down with Blackie. I don't know. Maybe,
0: yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, he definitely talks it up. And this tour—I don't know that there was a headlining U.S. tour for this album, but I, they went open for Kiss. No, oh, yeah, uh, they like. Well, it wasn't like
1: um, I don't think they did Kiss until the next record. Oh, was it? I, was it only Last Command? I believe they, yeah, that was just a lot. Maybe they did some dates. Who knows? You know how those things, you, you, there's so many, yeah. fucking, you know, you're bouncing around. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the show with Metallica and Raven, that was a headlining thing, but it was small venues. Right. You know, clubs and club dates and that, that kind of stuff. But uh, for sure.
0: Yeah. This, Great record, I think we both agree. This is like you know, if you're getting into Wasp, I'd say start here. This will this will help you yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I,
1: I don't trust anybody that says uh, like, oh, I like Wasp, but not that record. Come on, man. Like this is a probably 11 out of 10. This is a 20 it's, out
0: of 10, hands down. I, I love. Yeah, this. It, it, I don't think if, if if this isn't your favorite Wasp record, I'm not sure you like Wasp that much. It's t- it ties with another one for me. Like to me, like fair if, enough. There, there's a light in the dark with Wasp. This is the light. And we'll get to the dark a little later. That's
1: interesting that you say that because there's some pretty fucking heavy shit on this one. But oh, there- I agree one, I get exactly where you're going. There is this, this isn't quite the CD side yet.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh no, this is almost so- like bravado, like,
1: yeah, I'm gonna rape that girl, and I'm gonna tie her up on a rack. It's, <laughs> it's like it's, it's like happy aggression where some of the, the darker aggression comes in. It's like, I shouldn't have tied her up on a rack, and now I'm on heroin, and <laughs>
0: uh yeah yeah the kfd stuff Whew, christ
1: that was uh well look we'll get to that eventually but that yeah. was that, that one doesn't really count in this sense uh <laughs> that was a very forced this is what
0: i'm gonna do well yeah we'll get to that for sure but but uh, yeah uh so favorites uh i always do like i pick a track to play uh me, me and you so my pick is gonna be i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna play a bit of the flame right here. What's your pick.
1: Um you know if you're taking the flame, I'm gonna go with um oh fuck. Uh, I, I'm gonna go with uh I'm I'm looking at like which one do I want? Um you know what I'm just gonna go with the easy one. I wanna be somebody is is, is an amazing track. There's you can't cannot mess with that. Yes, they- Um, I was leaning towards almost every other song in the record, but I'm like, fuck it. I'm
0: right. Yeah. Up. And I always do a, le- a least favorite, but uh, it's hard to pick with this one. The only reason I'm going to say bad is, is because it's the song. I remember the least It's the one that bad. sticks in my head. It's the body uh, fix. You do. Yeah. Yeah. That one. was, uh, I still like it. I don't know. Um it's not bad in the
1: fire for me, probably, but only because wow. at the time, like now it's, it's, it's such a great fucking tune. Like you said, I don't know how to pick a worse. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to actually revolt. I refuse to pick a worse song in this record. <laughs> All right. I will, I will accept your revolt. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'll have a problem doing that for, after this record, but uh, yeah. for this one, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Great record. Uh, so comes out. I want to be somebody is a bit of a hit. Definitely gets, gets some traction going. Um, and a little over a year later, November 9th, 1985, Produced by Spencer Poffer. Proffer, it's the same lineup, but with Steve Riley instead of Tony Richards on his run we get the last command. <laughs> This is a pretty solid album, too. There's a big production change. Um, the label felt, th- th- according to Black, at least, the label felt that, like, you got lucky with your first one. We need to bring in someone to produce this next one. So they brought in the guy that did Metal Health, Spencer Proffer. Um, and the record sounds a little more clean, it's a little more produced uh, than the first one is. It's not quite as raw. But there's still some good stuff here. I like Wild Child quite quite a bit. Ball Crusher is hilarious to me. Great song. Blind in Texas is a classic, and Cries in the Night is a wonderful dark little song. Uh, not not my favorite lost record, but it's one of the better ones. It, it definitely stands out. Like, what do you think of this one? Like, you you were there at the time it came out.
1: Yeah, and uh, one of my favorite stories is uh, my annual birthday trip uh, was to a mall about an hour away where I could spend my birthday money and get whatever i wanted and i would buy cassettes mm-hmm. and i bought this one and just the drive home and god bless my father um uh, <laughs> he was he was supportive in the sense of like if you're not lying to me and you're not stealing from people and you're not committing any other nefarious crimes do what you want you know what i mean um yeah and i just remember when sex drive came on i'm sitting there with my old oh, man no. in front of car oh, no. <laughs> and it He's just puffing on his pipe, going, That's my boy. Not not literally, but you know, I'm like, um, and that would there's so many moments like that that, that I'll always remember with him. But uh, this record is one that gets brought up quite a bit as kind of like, Oh, this is the better Wasp record. Like, if there's a like one that I hear uh, uh, people routinely kind of defend over the debut record, it's this one. And I, I think the production is just really dated. Yeah. Um, it's uh, the the, the the some of the songs are strong, but. Honestly, I think ball crusher and even the sex drive, which i talked about uh, are, are kind of embarrassing. Jack action. It's just, it, it's probably some of blackies from a guy who wrote fuck like a beast. These are some of the stupidest things he's ever written <laughs> as far as songs, in, in my opinion. Now, wild child is probably one of the best wasp songs of all time blind in Texas. Clearly that was the hit. You know what I mean? That, that was the thing that took them to the next level for this record, yep. I think. And, and I'll, and I'll give them that, but yeah, um, yeah. I like the last command. I like running wild in the streets. Widowmaker is kind of like, um, uh, part two of, uh, Oh, that, the, the song, I just, uh, sleeping, sleeping in, in the fire. fire. Yeah. And, and he'll kind of put one of those on each record. And and I think this is not uh, as good, but it's pretty good. Um, but you know what? And I'll, and I'll repeat this as we go forward. When I listen to this, I, I almost have to put myself in that mindset, where I would listen to this when, I, when it came out, and that would be from beginning to end. And uh, to me, it holds yeah. up when you do it that way. When you cherry-pick the songs, it doesn't. And, and the biggest flaw is probably the production. These drums do sound dated. This is the one record, I think I'm going to say that until he gets to the, the post-major label stuff. Um, but as far as one of the ones on Capitol Records, this is, uh, yeah, go go fuck yourself, Spencer. This is you, you mailed it in on this one. This is really... Yeah. Not much of an effort there, and I think it was more of a name to put on this thing because you know, like mental health, you know, w- w- was a big kind of put him on the map, if anything. But anyway, that's my thoughts.
0: Yeah, uh, I I kind of have to laugh. I cannot imagine being a kid and sitting in the car, even though my dad liked <laughs> '80s rock. I cannot imagine putting on Ball Crusher with him in the car. <laughs> Les Bond Info Maniac. <laughs> Ooh,
1: yeah, no shit. Yeah, that- Now he would not have. I, he would not have sat silent. Or not done something with the the volume or, or something. Uh I my dad wasn't a very aggressive guy. He may not, he may have shut it off without saying anything, but there's no way fuck the beast would have would have flown by him. Oof. Uh he, he was not a vulgar guy. Like, you know, he was, a, he was a religious guy and stuff like that. But he was also, like I said, he 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 just he didn't know how to we were just different people. Yep. And he just he tried his best to be like, well, this is what you're doing right now. And again, like as long as I wasn't disrupting other people's lives or doing like he, he really cared about lying and stealing, don't do yep. those two things. And you're kind of on his, you know, at least for his son, you know, I was also the only son, so I got away with more shit than my sisters. <laughs> anyway,
0: I'll, I'll give you this also, by the, by the way. You hit a great point. It, it's better start to finish because I thought when I was getting ready for this, I thought I didn't like this record as much as I do. But just the last few weeks cruising around with it, with it playing in the car it's not that bad. Like, even though there's some stuff that like, like you said, like, like fistful of diamonds. I'm not really a big fan of that song. Yeah,
1: you exactly. That one now different kind of theme, but uh, yeah, that one's kind of silly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yes. But it held. it holds up and you've got the songs like blind in Texas, which speaking of which, that video, that's my favorite wasp video. It's so oh, nice. funny. It's so funny with the armadillo race, and then him going to Devil's Gorge, and there's ZZ Top, and then they do the hand like gesture to point him along the way. Yeah, yeah it's, I think that's a great video. It, it I agree. It's like I mean, it kind of copies what Wanted Man did before that, but by well, by Rat, but it's funnier. Than Everybody that. was kind of chasing that shit, so yeah. So yeah, uh, my pick from this one, I'm gonna go with. I'm going to go with cries in the night. I think that's a really cool ballad esque song.
1: fair enough if you're giving me a pick i'm gonna take the, the last command the title track
0: nice <laughs> I'm least favorite fistful
1: of diamonds easy oh there's a bunch um tied for least favorite is that ball crusher jack action Uh, and that's actually probably just those that that little run there isn't that solid (laughs) basically uh um, although i got the bonus edition and uh there's the oh wait no that's in a different record that has douchebag blues on it um, <laughs> oh, <that's nice. laughs> yeah so no i look overall it, it's it's if you're if you're gonna get into wasp I, I always insist the first four records are a must uh so yeah it's not that bad i just uh i, I think better things are on the horizon
0: absolutely for sure and and uh they went out on a no, tour sorry one.
1: i i went one record where i f- refused to pick a, ba- a bad song and then the next one i picked three so <laughs> that's uh, all right
0: I, I don't play clips of the bad songs so there you go um <laughs> they went out on this tour and uh they opened for kiss on the asylum tour i believe that one, yeah so.
1: that's correct this is the closest i came to getting to see them live and by uh close i mean not that close at all i just know there was conversation with friends and my sister ended up going um but it was definitely not something that was on the table in my household me going to a concert a kiss concert they would have had no idea wasp was opening but yeah they (laughs) had the um the head they they're all impaled yeah their heads on on the uh, sticks yeah and And i know like a lot has been made that like blackie you know kind of gave kiss credit for letting them actually do some kind of theater and stuff of that nature so yeah yeah feather
0: I watched a little footage of that tu- that tour. They certainly let them have a lot for an opening band, which was surprising to me. So yeah, very cool. And uh, I wonder now. My dad almost got to see the Asylum tour as well. Uh, he's, he, but he he saw the Animalize tour. docket open for that one. So I wonder if, I wonder if he would have been made a Wasp fan if he saw the Asylum show in uh, huh. North Dakota. But yeah, we'll never we'll never know. I'm I'm trying to convert him right now. We'll see if I if I get lucky with that. Um, so moving on. Less than a year later, uh, we get the follow-up to Last Command, third Wasp album in this time. Uh, Blackie switches back to guitar. Uh, so And Rock, uh, Randy Piper's out of the band. So um, Johnny Rod comes in to play bass. Steve Riley and Chris Holmes remain. And we get, in October 1986, produced by Blackie again, Inside the Electric Circus. This is the uh of the first three this is the the softest sounding I think I think it's a little tame compared to the first two and I think there's a little bit of burnout here because you've got two cover songs and the back half of the album's a little uh a little weird uh like with like mantronic and Sodom and Gomorrah but the front of this record is incredible the title cut uh nine five nasty uh shoot from the hip is the funniest song about Bukaki ever i mean (laughs) Bukaki lawless my emotions coming down all across your face i mean that is great that that is hilarious i love shoot from the hip that's gonna be my pick later in the episode but yeah this it's a little lopsided of a record but i enjoy it um i think it sounds i think it sounds even cleaner than uh last command in a way i think it's a little I don't know. It's a little sterile. I don't know what it is. This one was rushed and Blackie has, himself has said it was rushed. So it's a little lopsided, but I still enjoy listening to this one start to finish. I, I might even enjoy it a little more than last command in some ways. Uh, what, what was your take on this one? You were there for the release of this one too.
1: Yeah. I, at the time, absolutely loved it. Everything about it. Just listened to it again. And I was just basically like in that super fan mode. Um, I, um, no, I recently had, uh, actually by recently, I mean like a couple of weeks ago, uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Gene Vogel. Uh, he hosts the disciples of the watch podcast. Okay. Um, he's another Minnesota boy. and We went record shopping to a place, uh, about an hour North of the twin cities here. And I found a copy, like a, re- a reissue of this on vinyl and, you know, I, well, I was like, well, I'm doing this show fucking perfect preparation. I, I was, I would have <laughs> bought it either way, but that's when it kind of hit me because in, in, in my head, this was my least favorite of the four. Now this one is ahead of the last command listening to it again. I think this is a, again, you got, it doesn't have blind in Texas, but I think it's more consistent than the last command. Yep. You have to listen to the whole thing though. And I mean, that's how my, my, it was like, this is way better. Like when I try to cherry pick songs on, off this for the album, or I mean, for our podcast, I always naturally divert to, to different songs, you know, like uh, not this record. There's only a couple that I would do that for. But uh, I, I, I think when you listen to the beginning, you touched on the, the title track, I don't care for the covers. I mean, there's a couple of covers that uh, wasp has done. And, and also at this point, I think we can kind of just basically say it's blacky from here forward. Yeah. Uh, it really does start to disintegrate there. You got Johnny rod from King Cobra coming in. Um, Steve Riley has got one foot out the door when they're doing this record. <laughs> yeah. um, and he came in as a replacement as, as it was. And, uh, but uh, in easy living, I, I didn't care for too much, but I'm alive is an amazing track. Um, yes and uh i shoot from the hip you know what i don't have big complaints about that like i did with like you know some of the ones on uh like you know whatever the the oh it's right ball crusher ball crusher that kind of stuff jack action you know Uh, i shoot it from the hip i i think it's a better song than those um the i don't need no doctor cover again i I don't care for that much but nine five nasty restless gypsy uh even mantronic is fucking fun
0: (laughs) it's Uh, hilarious
1: but I think the rock rolls on is one of the best uh, album closers of that that time, and definitely for Wasp. So,
0: yep. And I know it's not part of the album proper, but man, Douchebag Blues as a bonus cut is so funny. I think I, I love that. It, it, I love hearing Blackie kind of take himself a little less seriously for a song. <laughs> and it seems like to me
1: when I listen to it, maybe that's just this is my 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 Blackie goggles on, but. This sounds to me like Blackie pretending to be drunk and pretending to just kind of go with the flow. Like, I just, it just doesn't sound authentic. And then, look, and I'm, we're talking about a throwaway track of guys just fucking around in the studio. Right. So this isn't like, I just don't think he has that natural, like, just be cool, bro. Part of him, you know what I mean? He's always just kind of like, like this character you know i've been in i've been in bands with guys like that That like like everything they do is it's about how they dress and like walk out and enter a room and that's how i visualize blackie and this is the kind of thing i would imagine them if they were trying to be funny or loose you know what i mean yeah. um not, there's nothing wrong with it it's like you said it's just a bonus track and it's, it's supposed to be throw away in the studio drunk guy music but uh yeah. as a as a fan though kind of fun to hear
2: yep no. This isn't the stuff we normally do for you guys that are buying this. This is what happens when you consume massive amounts of drugs and alcohol.
0: Absolutely, and I like that you pointed out. I'm alive too because I feel like that's a great lost track kind of on the album. Like I, I think that's to me that's his response to the P- PMRC. You know, I'm still alive. Damn you, holy yep. man! Like, yeah, that, that is a that's a great song. I think that's an open and that book.
1: definitely spoke to me at this time too. You know what I mean? But it's just like you know because uh, still kind of struggling with the whole new social world that I was living in and and coming home and I hear a song like that where, where you know Blackie's basically writing an anthem for someone to be in that situation but now as I look back it's a very very well written song from lyrics to melody to music it, it's it's pretty well produced you know I mean I give Blackie a little tip of the hat there because he's been involved in basically the production and that's not really his his main job but again almost makes me think like just if he could have been like that desmond child kind of guy or who's the guy that let's, let's go country max martin is that his name or the um, pop that, music uh, max, yeah. martin yeah, max martin writes everything for uh for you know i mean don't tell taylor swift that that's who wrote her songs but uh, <laughs> uh if she'll come at me on twitter but uh yeah
0: by the way, Taylor, please come at me. We we'll get the podcast some views, so uh, go ahead and do that if if, if you yeah. want. Uh, Good I'll luck take- with that,
1: man. I've been trying to get Beyonce's uh, fucking <laughs> fan base to come after me, and uh, there's nothing. I got, I got. Uh, it, it it'll be in an upcoming episode. I got a little bit of uh, blowback from uh, Cardi B fans recently on Twitter. Really, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, not not what I, not uh, without trying. Whereas I've actually tried to incite the Beehive. So.
0: <laughs> is that was that on the Cobras and Fire page or your own personal page?
1: On the Cobras and Fire Twitter account. And it'll be the episode that comes out the Tuesday after we record this. But anyway, (laughs) uh, I get into it with a special guest. So uh, my co-host is floating around the ocean right now on Monsters (laughs) of Rock Cruise. And the guy I brought on as a guest is also his co-host is on the cruise with him. So we had a little (laughs) fun of our own. So
0: I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, Bring it all back inside the Electric Circus. Great and that's the song I want him to open with in October. I would love to start the show like with the big welcome beforehand. And then, you know, the animals, there's something else. And then do-ga, 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 like, Oh shit, here we go. Here we go. And yeah, that would that be... would
1: be amazing. I think it'll be something new, but it's definitely going to be something like that.
0: Right. It's been, it's been on your knees for the last 10 years. So oh, it's her song.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was so, actually so, just thinking of that, like, some some kind of, like, there's going to be some kind of speech or kind of, like, theatrical thing yeah. before they, they play anything. But, uh, God, On Your Knees, this is a great opener. That is,
0: that is a good one. I'm, I'm not going to lie. That would, I would be fine with that. But I, I love the whole idea of the circus announcer. I it it's think it's the Alice Cooper fan in me coming out again, just being like, oh, <laughs> that, that, that'd be sick. Not, not to
1: hijack this too much, but we didn't talk about it. At least I forgot to bring it up on the first record. There was like a a live, is it the Lyceum in London? Live at Lyceum, Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know that's on YouTube now. I assume you've seen it because you've sent me some clips that I've never seen. Um, (laughs) That was at my local video store. And I would rent that and just watch it, watch it for like the the eight hours I had it and then rent it again later. And then like, I don't know. Now it's just available everywhere. That's hard to believe. I, I, I I can't put my head around it.
0: Eagle Rock, if you're listening, please remaster that, clean it up, and give no us a decent res- shit, man. D- resolution of that, because I would love that. Uh, the YouTube's great, but man, it, it, it needs to be cleaned up a bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd actually
0: a- buy that on Blu-ray, maybe. For sure. Yeah, uh, Live at Licing. That's a great one.
1: And that is a killer performance. They were on their fucking game. Yeah. And, and you know what? We should pause for a second. Chris Holmes, my God. Yes. It's- he is like with with mick mars to me of of the underrated guitar players of this scene they they just uh, they don't get any fucking love or appreciation because they weren't jakey lee who who's my personal favorite or you know warren Martini. they didn't take that 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 kind of like eddie van halen clone concept or randy rhodes kind of thing um but they i mean he added so much to this band as a lead guitar player and it just it it's 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 so much fire and just even like the performances, like the one you shot me a video of uh, from uh the kill fuck die. Like when you watch him like that far down the road, yeah. he's still just killing it and watching him now. <laughs> but, <you> know, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's a little different thing, but
0: yeah, no, I agree. Chris Holmes is great. And he's got one of my favorite things. I think a good, any good guitar player has, and that's his own tone. Like, when you hear him play, like you don't know have to know it's wasp, like you could play me like an unreleased like wasp song we never heard. And just by the guitar tone, I would go, Chris Holmes. That that's that that buzz saw that buzz saw guitar tone. That that's what he's known for. And I agree, him and Mick Mars both, those are the two, like they added so much to their bands and they're kind of in the shadows in a way, which is weird. Right.
1: Yeah, like I think Chris. Well, is most they're both part... weird dudes. I think is part of it in different ways. You know, I yeah. Mean, uh, Nikki Six is more frontal than, than a guy like Mick would be. Uh, but yeah, I think Mick's guitar tone was better than Chris's. But oh, Mick's yeah. changed every record, but he always changed to something really awesome. Um, but nothing wrong with Chris's. Uh, I think uh, for me, I always felt like the way he, the way he played his attack, his his rhythm style really lent it. And also, both of those guys could write a lead that fit a song that also wasn't like some kind of embarrassingly just simple melodic thing. They could, they could, they could, you know, play with the big boys, but they, they uh, it was more about the song with them. So.
0: Absolutely. And another quick sidebar. This is the thing that it, I kind of struggle with the most. Like I love Chris so much as a guitar player, but man, cannot get into a solo music at all. <laughs>
2: No. <laughs> well,
1: no. I think that there look, he was an important part in Wasp, but he wasn't the reason. Yeah, he he was not really the, the principal songwriter, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh so shit so. and breaks.
0: Shit and ri- breaks. Live live work die or whatever that fucking record is. Oh yeah. Inside the electric circus, great record. Uh my pick is gonna be shoot from the hip. Hold on. of Sodom and Gamora* because I can't remember the song
1: <laughs> yeah I like that song um not, not, not a top not one of my t- favorite tunes here but I have to go with the cover I'm probably going to go with Easy Living yeah Easy Living okay
0: it's kind of funny that he covered Easy Living on this album and then on the next record we're going to talk about in a second uh Ken Heisley from Uriah Heat kind of joins the band as a additional musician I think that's kind of cool
1: I'm not sure I knew that so let's get into it well whenever you're ready this yep. Uh, show, yep. so uh yeah uh,
0: Yep. so that record comes out they do another big tour um and they kind of burn themselves out blackie gets to a point where he's like are we gonna keep doing you know are we gonna keep going that's to right this that page? live
1: in the raw that you mentioned that you got that's in between here
0: yep yep that has a great okay. song that has a great new song on it called uh scream until you like it which i i'm, I'm <laughs> Duel- gonna release burn- too.
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> come on in
0: Music video too. I'm gonna to put a clip of that song here. Yeah, yeah. That that's a fun song. But Blackie was kind of like, do I want to keep doing, like you know this, you know, suck me, fuck me stuff, or do I want to like say something, say something else, say something deeper? And I think that kind of, you know, that pushed him to think about things before he wrote 1989's The Headless Children. It came out April 1989. <laughs> Riley left for LA Guns, so we got Frankie Benalli behind the skins here. Um, this record, this is my other favorite. This is the darkness to the light, in my opinion. It's a different type of darkness, though. This is a real-world darkness on here with, you know, Headless Children is kind of about war, and then Thunderhead about being about drug addiction, and then the Neutron Bomber kind of being about, you know, nuclear, nuclear warheads and Ronald Reagan. Like, there's a different type of darkness on this album album it's a real world darkness it's not you know the bad guy with the wits and change like it's the it's the real it's the real darkness it's humans
1: right yeah
0: and it worked out really well it could have come off really pretentious in the wrong hands but as a writer he knew how to pull it off he knew how to make it work and that's why songs like headless children and thunderhead still hold up uh there's still some you know silliness here i think kind of a not a big fan of man eater i think that's kind of I, it feels a little forced to me, but man, Thunderhead and Headless Children and Forever Free, those three songs, like just, oh, they're just perfect. I like this one a lot. I think Blackie's singing also is, you know, really on point here too. Like some of his best lead vocals, like Forever Free is so yes. vulnerable and, you know, heavy at the same time. He screeches, you know, in that heavy part, but like the, the verses are so like tender. It's, it's, it's a strange thing to say about a Lost song. makes it you know one of their most unique albums and i think one of their best albums i love this one what do you think
1: uh, well i'm gonna nitpick a little bit here because i agree with the most everything you said there um now production wise uh i don't know if it's the frankie banali effect but um this is the first probably the one of the, the only one of the four that the snare drum really pops to me is like this is too a little too much trouble on this and i would say that about almost the overall mix i would love to get a remix of this where it was just kind of dialed back and and kind of done more in a in a in a standard rock record mix and not not that kind of 80s scene now i'm overstating that a lot because it, it's not like it's unlistenable by any means because i think this is a great record it's it's definitely number two for me um in the wasp catalog yeah i think again listen to the whole fucking thing you know but and the real me is one of the best covers I've ever heard. I'm a guy who is kind of snobby with covers. I, yeah. I generally like think if we got rid of all covers, we would be better off as a, like, it's like, you know, it would, the boats, would, the high tide would raise the yeah. boats. Um, there's, there's more dragging it down than lifting, but this is one of the ones that kind of like, I, I think I like it better than the who version, man. Um, it is and i and i was this is not one that i heard this one first you know what i mean i was familiar with the who version and liked it i heard this i was like holy fuck this literally was like because the, the covers on the last record was wasp like trying to wasp up this is wasp wasping a fucking song yeah and it's like man it's just it adds that aggression that it's hard to believe because man the way uh, um uh, the Who singer, what's his name? Uh, fucking, I'm just Roger doing, D- like uh, Roger, Roger The way Roger Daltrey sings the original is so fucking good. I mean, there's so much aggression there. And this is like, like, if that's a 10, this is a 25. It's like, it's and then Johnny Rod's bass playing on this. I'm like, it's like, I can't believe I'm talking about it, but yeah, he like just spot on the whole John Entwistle stuff.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> but for a cover, I can't believe I've raved that much about it, but yeah, this. This is a this is my second favorite Wasp album, hands down. It's the closest they came to a complete record to the first one. I agree with you. If there's one throwaway, it's fucking Maneater. The rest of it's Keepers. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll mention Mean Man. Just a yes. fucking amazing tune. And, and you know what? I, I, it clicked with me at the time, and I don't know why, but just just the way Blackie says it, it almost reminded me of rap music. You know how, the, how rappers, especially like the early gangster rap, they yeah. could say silly things, but... It, like or simple things and it would sound so so sincere when he yeah. says mad dog 2020 20 is king yeah i mean it's just like just that line i knew what he was talking about and i was only you know i'm not even old enough to drink at the time <laughs> but i knew mad dog fucking 2020 and just it just is delivered with such authenticity and such as a throwaway lyric <laughs> That it's like i'm in a mean a motherfucking man and rebel in the fdg my god yeah uh, there's no chance they're throwing that on this this next tour but that uh that would be one that would uh probably make my night if you know i'm not a yeah. big setless guy but like if they hit, if that hit there's like they made play play whatever you want black go go acoustic from here i'm good yeah um but yeah uh the, the neutron bomber i don't know it, like you said forever free to me imagine if the that that like guitar didn't sound quite so trebly it would yeah. just be so smooth but it's an amazing track
0: it's their tuesday's gone it's like their freebird. yeah it's it, it's really a good song and that, that it was, was actually very, like a
1: harley davidson like uh like in the remember in the 90s like, especially early, well you probably don't uh um, in the <laughs> early 90s like everybody like quick trip like businesses would release cds of their kind of music and there was this Harley Davidson compilation CD and it was a largely fucking country and, and skinnered and shit like that. Right. Yeah. And then there's this wasp tune on there. And I'm like, <laughs> that was the only reason I can play this song in the jukebox. You know what I mean? It's like, fuck yeah.
0: Yeah. I always thought it was a unique song because for the longest time, I'd only seen the wild child video and I'd seen pictures of wasp. And like other clips in that, there was like a metal documentary that would air on VH1 Classic. So I thought like I had no idea that there was this other side of them. So when I caught the video for Forever Free, I was like, ooh, this is different. But this is still really cool. This is really sincere. Very and much. It's, so. It's got that intense middle section. It's, it's so cool. And then I mentioned Ken Heisley from Uriah Heap was brought on for this album. He, his organ playing on some of these songs, like on like on Forever Free, like on Headless Children, it adds a little extra layer of coolness to the sound it almost makes the record it gives it a classic rock flavor a deep purple flavor a led zeppelin flavor like this it takes them out of that realm of those 80s bands that they're tossed in with usually and kind of just puts them in that classic rock running i think
2: yeah
1: this is definitely a step up from what they were competing with i i I don't think um man if the real me wasn't going to push this record over the edge and by the way i think it's I use the term perfectly rated. This is, this is one of those records. It this, this wasn't going to be Dr. Feelgood. This wasn't, Wasp was never going to be that band yeah. at least the, the way they, they, they chose to go. But this was, this is like more like operation mind crime for Queens, As far as like a, a, a next approach to it, you know what I mean? And that's something that was happening around that same time. That one ended up kind of catching on, but it took like a year and a half. I don't know if the label could have done more to help it push it. Like I said, I, to me, the, the standout tracks, maybe forever free could have been a, a big ballot, you know, competing against, you know, like, you know, uh, I saw red or something like that. Yeah. But man, rebel in the FTG, uh fucking uh, mean man. Those are my jams, but the whole record, man, you, the headless children is just an Epic opener. And wasp was actually pretty good at that with those kind of long, yeah, usually you want kind of like that firepower, just blow it out of the box, three yep. that song right away, like Dio did in every record. Wasp went the other way. They kind of would almost like build up and then just this almost epic masterpiece at the beginning.
0: Yeah, the, the heretic, that slow burn, and then all of a sudden, yeah. like kind of like the first record that we're off to the races when the drums kick in, we're fast. Yeah. Like there's there's nothing else. Yeah, I agree, man. It's maybe someone's like, That's too fast, Blackie. And then he's like, Oh yeah. Well, how about yeah. this? It's like, "Well, that's too slow." <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, yeah. What's your pick from this one? Like, I, I got to think for a second. Rebel and the F.D.G. I think I'm going to go Headless Children just because that was such an important song to me. record i bought so it this is this was a special one to me for sure right on yep all right so this record comes out does okay the tour was short um it was the last record with chris holmes for a while uh after this wasp disappears for about three years because wasp essentially dissolved according to blackie and he made what was supposed to be his first solo album but depending on who you believe Blackie either felt the record was so heavy it had to be a Wasp album, or the label said, no, we're not doing a Blackie Lawless solo record. You're doing a Wasp album. Uh, I tend to believe the latter, uh, because that was probably easier for them to market. And in 1992, (laughs) we got The Crimson Idol. Is Blackie Lawless playing most of the instruments, but we've got Bob Kulick playing some, most of the lead guitar. Frankie Benelli's back on the drums with Stet Holland on a few songs, and Doug Aldrich guesting on uh, Arena of Pleasure. This is a concept record about a fictitious rock star named Jonathan, who kind of has a rough upbringing, and he gets famous, but he can never really find the one thing he wants, which is love. He wants he wants to be this superstar, this crimson idol, if you will but he never gets that. And cause he's kind of, you know, rejected by his parents at the end, he hangs himself on stage. It's not a happy ending, but it's a well-written album. And the songs, I think this is another one of my favorites. This record was there for me in a really dark period of my life. My sister took her own life and this album was kind of an escape for me in that time. Uh, Chainsaw Charlie is an incredibly heavy song and it's still to this day, one of my favorite lost songs. I love it. And I will be very disappointed if they don't play that uh, in October. I love Chainsaw Charlie. Uh, I love Hold On To My Heart. That's my favorite Wasp ballad. That song means the world to me. Uh, Arena of Pleasure is great. Uh, Gypsy Meets The Boy, The Idol. This this is one It's perfect back to front for me. I love this record. It's a little different for sure. And I have a minor issue. I feel like Blackie's vocals could have been pushed up a little further in the mix. I think they're a little buried at times. But... Overall, this is a great record, I think. What do you think of the Crimson Idol?
1: You know, I'll I'll talk to you about it when it came out at the time. Um, now, now, this is the time, uh, you know, the Wasp was off a major label for the first time, and I, I didn't know about the record at some point. I'm not sure exactly how close it was to the to the uh, the release date, but the story I'm going to share is a little different than yours. Um, my roommate at the time, so they it, I. I can because I know when it was it was early 93 that I first heard it Uh, but uh, we I was living with two guys and we all worked at the same company and the 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 roommate I'm going to speak about is Wilson he's one of my oldest longest friends we were best men at each other's weddings blah 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 Um, we still talk in text more than people know anyway um, he was called into the office at work and we all kind of saw it. You know what I mean? We're on a shop floor, like a, a printing plant. And this, this, the walls are glass. So you can see what's going on. And yeah. it was clearly he was visually shaking, if not crying, while he was in there. And he was our ride to and from work. Ooh. All right. So, well, we, we, we rotated, but he drove that day. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, so um, me and the other roommate are talking. like, what's going on? Uh, we heard Matt get paged. And now he's in there crying. And then I look over and I'm like, oh, what the hell's going on? And we wait about 15 minutes before he comes out and he just leaves and doesn't say anything to oh, us. Fuck. So we think, holy fuck, somebody died. You know what I mean? Like, like I look, why was he so disheveled that he couldn't do this? Well, here's what happened. Um, he had <laughs> he had recently hooked up with this girl, uh, and <laughs> he had gotten a cold sore and found out that he had gotten herpes. Oh. Uh now not the genital herpes the mouth herpes uh which by the way is basically like just that little tube it's it's very a small thing but he all because of him if you knew him better you'd understand but he heard herpes and thought my life is ruined <laughs> <laughs> and and the, this is how he dealt with that that tragic news was to leave work not tell the two people who require him to take them home uh, and by the way we did not live a walking distance we, we we worked in a town 10 miles from like from our apartment oh, no. um and uh, so on his way home he went to a record store and picked up crimson idol went home and
2: listened to it and while he figured out how he's
1: gonna live with the, the cold source for the rest of his
2: life Oh. and We
1: found out what it was. Like we, like we talked to the people. Got right home. When we first got home, we were like, just it was all concerned. And he's uh-huh. sitting there in the living room with the CD. <laughs> I was like, yeah, guys, I got herpes. And I'm like, what? And then when we hear the whole story, I was like, you motherfucker! <laughs> oh God, you... Um, but <laughs> to your original question, uh I don't care for the production of the original one. And I, I know you said we're not talking about revitalized Um. I, didn't, I, I, don't, I don't think I realized how good the songs were on this record because of that. It was, really? you know, back in those days, like the independent label that I was talking about, like not being on a major, like meant a pretty big step back in production value typically. You know what I mean? Especially when you're doing something this expansive. So, and also I don't understand what it is with... I don't know, movies or music where, where they, they make a boy, a hero or uh, some sort of like major character and stuff. It's almost pedophilic to me. And so that, that's a little offsetting at times. Um, but at the same time, if you're looking in the from a horror or, or a, a really kind of like a deeper I- introspect. There's nothing scarier than fucking kids, man, in, in, in a horror movie, like the, the, if they're the, the antagonist. So maybe it was something like that. But I, the, the, the overall theme I thought was was lacking. Um, but if he, I guess he was older, but I, don't, I couldn't tell if he was a boy and then became a man who killed himself or tried to or whatever, trying to please his parents. But also that uh, that whole like parental situation i get a parent might like one kid more than the other but not so much that they hate the other one for being alive when the other one dead um and maybe it happens more than i i think it does but it's it's just not that that relatable is all i'm getting at yeah. but these are really really good songs and when i heard the i actually bought the little deluxe thing just only because i was like well, 20 bucks and it comes with a dvd yeah. and a blu-ray i was like I'm sold. I'll get it. Oh, yeah. and, I uh, it, 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 and plus he added the, the bonus tracks. So there's a bunch of missing parts of the story that he kind of filled in. Yep. I'm not going to lie, Alex. I, that the the, the, the filling up the story didn't make it for me. The production value did. Uh, okay. Not having Bob Kulik play on it was probably a plus. Uh, I just, uh, I think that the, the overall performance is better. The production's better. And uh, it, uh, it, to go back to the original version, I think it probably deserves, like you said, more credit than it, than it got. I think Blackie probably did want to do it as a, as a solo album. And I think the label was like, well, it's 1992, bro. We're going to have a hard time selling Wasp records. How much do you think we're going to have? It's going to be difficult enough doing that. You know, we got to use it as that. But uh, yeah, or maybe just fun for Blackie to, to tell. Yeah, who knows?
0: Yeah, who, who knows? I, I will say you kind of hit the nail on the head like it's my issue with the is not so much the production although it is kind of weird something about his voice is strange on that album and i can't put my finger on it he's older maybe maybe that's it i don't it feels like something is weird i i've never figured out how to put into words but my issue is the, those bone most of those bonus songs do not really move the story along <laughs> at, no, least I, at least really. i don't think they do and, <laughs> we, and we already had miss you on golgotha so there it is again uh, you know that's a good point i didn't really put that together because i never really bought into that record that
1: much but yeah um and you know what the one song that you talked about that that is great uh the hold on to my heart to me have you have you noticed the the similarities between that and uh um uh keep pulling on 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 the the next record uh yeah black enough Mm -hmm. they're almost the same song very similar and the weird thing is that like what's what caught that with me re-listening to these is there is a big song that that is out there that everybody knows that that melody is slightly connected to that i'm just not placing but i i'll get it at some point
2: yeah,
0: I'm not sure either. It's it's funny, Mara, who my my wife, who she's not really like into this type of music, but she she's like, I, I've heard whole my on, Hold on to my heart on the radio. I'm like, when and <laughs> yeah, where? Yeah. What station like, is playing that song? No, no,
1: no, no you haven't. No.
0: Yeah. no. So yeah, I, I yeah, it definitely has some an element of something in it for sure. Um, it would yeah. be the
1: first guy to lift something. So
0: yeah, uh, and and I do think there's a connection that we'll get into with this record and uh, still not black enough in a little bit, but. Uh, My pick is going to be I'm going to go with Hold On To My Heart just because that song means so much to me. saw uh, Charlie. um it's hard the only reason i'm saying this song is because again i don't think it moves the story along that much Is i am one i feel like that song just kind of restates what we've already heard up to this point it's like it refresh, it's like a or you're still listening well this is everything that's happened so far in a nutshell
1: <laughs> yeah you know what i, I if, if in that context uh I, i'm gonna just agree with you on that uh i think anytime you're dealing with a concept record though is, it's harder to say that song needs to go. You know what I mean? Um yeah. it's but I think you made a good argument. So I'm
0: gonna be, yeah. That's mine too. Crimson Idol comes out, does eh, not not great, but not terrible. Like the fans loved it. No, it did terrible. Come on. <laughs> nobody
1: knew about this record at the time. Guy guys like me, and if you were my age at the time, would have been aware of it, but nobody, this was this was not I can can attest, Alex. Nobody was talking about this record at the time. Kill Fuck Die got more press than
0: this. (laughs) I think, in that sense, you're you're right. But I I I think like the people that were listening, I think enjoyed it. I think it was
2: okay. Fair enough. By the fan base,
0: yeah. If the fan the fan base that was still there liked the record, he he did a little mini tour for it, and it did it did what it did. Uh, But in 1995 and in 1996 in the US, 1995 in Europe, 1996 in the US, we got what was. Again, this was going to be a solo record, but the label was like, eh, no, this, this is going to be a lost record. We got still not black enough. by blackie uh the lineup is uh blackie lawless john shadowwinds on guitar not sure who that is frankie Benali on the drums and some guy named mark joseph josephson playing electric violin on this thing bob Kulik doesn't play this one too oh and i forgot i guess i got i forgot to write his name down yeah bob Kulik plays lead guitar on this thing um yeah i i like this album quite a bit honestly uh i, I really have enjoyed listening to this one um there's a there's a cover on here of somebody to love and depending on what you by jefferson airplane i depending on what copy you have there might also be Tire mother down and uh yeah. a lot of rosies uh, my copy has, has all
1: three but
0: oh okay so yeah mine is the uh 2001 reissue um this is kind of crimson idol light
1: well, hey can we touch on that real quick somebody to love was the only one that was actually included on the what they considered the official release right
0: was it Oh, oh yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, oh, yeah. It that. was sequenced in the album, where the other two were like bonus tracks, and they get shuffled around a bit on, on versions that I know. But you uh, know, anyway.
0: I th- I think you're right. Yeah, I think yeah. Tie your mother down is after the uh, after uh, no way out of here. Uh, yeah, this is it's crimson Out of light in that it's a little more personal. Like he's not hiding behind the character of Jonathan anymore. He makes reference to Jonathan in the last song. He like says, you know, I am Johnny and the mirror shattered. like he makes reference that you know like this is all about very john
1: lennon-esque as as he might want to say uh i am the walrus
0: yeah (laughs) indeed um like you mentioned uh keep holding on is a great song it feels very uh it feels intensely reminiscent (laughs) yeah yeah i he said that that's a song that he recorded and he'll never listen to again like he says that song is brings up too many emotions and like, you'll never hear it live. So that, it, clearly that song means a lot to him. I like it. The other ballad on the album, Breathe, I think is pretty cool too. But my favorite stuff is the heavier stuff here. I love Black Forever. I love Goodbye America. I think that's a cool song with the spoken word at the beginning. And Rock and Roll to Death. <laughs> that's just a fun song. I love that yeah. one. So, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a really obscure album. It's hard to find. I, it might not even be on uh, Spotify if, if you're a streamer. But it's a good mm. listen if you can find it. What do you think of this one?
1: I, uh, I also like it, but it's, it's, it's I don't know, out of every record we talked about so far, it's my least favorite. I just don't think there's a lot of high points to it. Um, the Somebody to Love cover is not good. Um, it, neither are the other ones. They, they just shoehorn into various releases, Tie Your Mother Down. I mean, what hard rock band, to me, every time uh, like someone, especially from that ilk, tries to do it, what they're trying to do is like, see, we're like queen. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, this is the closest you can do to a Queen song, you know, or, you know, Stone Cold Crazy, maybe. But a uh, uh, whole lot of Rosie, another unnecessary. I don't need any band to ever cover whole lot of Rosie. Uh, I have yet to be proven wrong. But those are uh, three throwaway covers. Uh, like I said, they knocked it out of the park with Real Me and they almost got the that Ace Freely problem where it's like, well, that's what I need to do now. No, yep. you fucking struck gold. What you need to do is cash out don't you know it's like oh i, I just won a hundred thousand dollars on a slot machine you know what i'm gonna go all in no nope. no no. cash out walk away walk <laughs> away yeah so um no but it that that said I, I there's some good stuff on here man you basically touched on every song i would mention but i don't want to spoil what my one pick would be
0: yeah I, I i will i will say the narration at the beginning of goodbye america it's really good but it's also kind of it's that Gene Simmons thinking, you know, I am politically corrected. I am damn proud of it. I yeah, love my country, uh, yeah. but I'm scared to death of it. <laughs> and this, like, I was like, okay, we're playing it up, but it's a really cool song still. Yeah, this one, I think kind of unfairly lost in the shuffle. Um, interesting to me, did you have the, uh, the compilation album that came out between this and uh, Crimson Idol, the first Blood Last Cuts?
1: I did not
0: okay so rock and roll to death was was on that compilation as a new track so it's interesting to me that he recycled it here again for still not black enough he must have really liked the song Um, i figured no one would notice yeah like i'm i'm sure too i'm sure that was the case like i'm sure that was a lot of people's like introduction to the song like if you're a hardcore wasp if you're like a hardcore enough wasp fan you don't need the greatest hits collection but uh, it, it you will be buying still not black enough when it comes out, and you're like, oh, this is I'd cool. like to
1: see the numbers on that greatest tits. Although that was a, a capital release, wasn't it, or not? Yeah,
0: yeah, it was a capital release. I might have
1: done a, a decent, uh, probably made, made him a little money.
0: Yeah, probably. I'm surprised it never like went back into print or anything or got reissued. Like, I was, I keep expecting that thing to get reissued because there's hype around the band right now, but it has not been. So we'll see. Okay. All right. But yeah, my pick is going to I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with uh, Goodbye, America.
1: Well, then I'm going to take out that next track. Black Forever is amazing to me.
0: yeah love his vocal on that one so so favorite favorite tune absolutely great record not their best by any stretch of the imagination but fun to seek out if you're if you're if you're a hardcore like if you're really into the band like at this point like that's a fun one to hunt down and get
1: no it's not hard to listen to if you like them you know what i mean yeah a little
0: flat but at this point blackie uh he doesn't do a tour for the album he said the offers he was getting were were not you know what he wanted so he gets, he gets back with Chris Holmes. Uh, what do you think those offers were? It's like, this is what I want. And then they're like sliding
1: a piece of paper across the table. Like there's this big group. It's like, and he turns it over and there's like nothing written on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure it he was. He slides it back like, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it was stuff like, we'll put you on the road with like warrant and poison. And he's like, nope. <laughs> Like, that's what I imagined it being. I imagined it being nostalgia at that point, which which is unfortunate because he he was so. He yeah, was... but th- there were those were still
1: a few years away. Were they? Um, and the, the, yeah. It's like 95, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like 98 is when that kind of 80s nostalgia shit started to ramp up and be at least a lucrative offer. And he actually jumped on a handful of those. So I don't think I think the offers were literally none. Yeah. Like he was, you know, a lot of these old school guys, they get used to it. Like I, I heard stories of Bobby Blotzer when he was doing his Bobby Blotzer's a rat of like sliding tour itineraries under the doors, the hotel door rooms of his bandmates, because that's what they did in the 80s. You know, it's just <laughs> like they, they kind of get when I'm, when I hear Blackie talk now, he's very much in that mindset, like this is how it's done and this is how we do it. Where I think it would have taken him basically just to take everything on his own shoulder, hop in a fucking van and book his own tour. And there was no like, I mean, this label, what is it, Castle Records? Yep. they Yep. Didn't Castle. even in 95 have any real American presence. So I, I don't think that, any type of like, there was no offers is what he's basically saying. He's like, I didn't like the offers because I don't like nothing. You know, yeah. <laughs> again, it's just Blackie being Blackie, but nobody gave it, like, I didn't know this record came out when it came out. I bought it used in like 2000. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of people came to it later later in the game for sure. Um, but he gets back with Chris and uh, I think he looks around and he goes, I need to dial things up a bit. Um, He looks, you know, I mentioned Marilyn Manson earlier. Marilyn Manson's huge. Nine Inch Nails are huge. And he goes, I don't want to be a nostalgia act. I'm going to take it to the umpteenth extreme. And he makes a really dark, fuzzy, industrial flavored album called Kill, Fuck, Die.
1: same package i do then with that weird kind of plastic
0: hat i've only seen this yep okay Yep. very cool i love i love this i love the packaging on this thing this record i have a weird history with it it was the one i was like really excited to hear when i when i found out about it and then i heard it and i was kind of like uh productions like his voice is really buried on this album like i complained about it being buried on the crimson idol it's really buried on some of these songs. Like I, I, I had to listen very closely to like hear, hear what he's saying. But in some weird way, he pulls this off. Some of it's a little cheesy. I'm not a fan of the song. You, you know, you fucking suck. Like really, you can do better than that, man. But some of the darker stuff, like Kill Your Pretty Face and uh, the horror and My Tortured Eyes, like Little Death, that stuff works really well. It's really intense, and I, I yeah, it, it, it's cheesy in a way, but I think it works really, really well. Not my favorite album of theirs, but when I'm in the right, right headspace and the right mood, this thing is a fascinating listen. Uh, what do you think of this one?
1: Well, it's a difficult one for me to go back to because uh, the day I bought it was also the day that I found out my cat had herpes. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> uh, the horror! Uh, you know what? Uh, the the weird, i didn't hear about this record coming out and i found it in a pawn shop and i bought it uh it, but the weird thing is that this thing got pawned super fucking quick because the next episode of guitar world had a feature on blackie and chris being back together and this being the record out and how blackie was gonna like we're gonna show show them how the big boys do it talking about right. Marilyn manson and all those guys right yeah um so it, there wasn't a big gap like there but I love this record. I I, hands down. Um, now to me, it's a lot like carnival souls for kiss where it's like this kind of intentional, we're going to do this kind of record and we're going to write this kind of record. This is definitely them trying to be everything you just said, nine inch nails, uh, uh, fucking, uh, well, even fucking Rob Halford did one of these records. You know what I mean? Yeah. too. Um, uh, and Marilyn Manson was the one that was, was falling away from me, but, uh, the title track is one of my favorite wasp songs. Although the weird thing is that it almost has that like, like I, I Frankie Benelli's drums with the wasp get kind of redundant. You know what it Where it's just like, yeah. And he just there's a lot of that with it with the program drums on this. But I yeah. think this was actually a cool move by Blackie. And I at the same time I have, I, I totally understand why. Like, well fans of that band might not like it because it's just not the typical raw, open stuff like that. But this is kind of fun. Why not take a stab at it? You know what I mean? And right. it's well done. And frankly, yeah. I, I think you, you, you touched on everything. Um, I like you. Really don't have that big of an issue with it. But yeah, uh, the, the standout tracks are definitely Kill, kill Fuck, Die, uh, uh, Kill uh, Kill Your Pretty Face, and I don't know. I guess I, guess I do have a spot for the horror, but just and also there's actually a good representation of this on the live album they did after this double live live assassins yeah so um and also good to have chris holmes back but although i think he was just like being a still has his presence on here but this is the the guitars when you go industrial they become less about feel and sound and more about like uh, impact and and being tight and compressed and things of that nature and that kind of goes against anything he can personally offer as far as the sound but yeah i'm uh to me this this is a fucking eight out of ten and this is uh, a yeah. spoiler alert this is a in the bracket for march badness this year so I can't oh, hope it wins.
0: oh that, that'll be interesting
1: i would love uh, to talk about it
0: yeah I, I'd, I'd love to hear both you and lewis dig into this record um you mentioned chris uh chris has said in a recent interview he didn't actually play on this album i don't <laughs> I don't know that I totally believe that because there are moments if he's not playing on the album, whoever is, is aping him really well because like on My Tortured Eyes, that guitar solo, that is classic Chris Holmes. It's drenched in distortion, but it sound to me that song like that has that classic guitar tone in it, that classic Chris Holmes playing on it, My Tortured Eyes does. On some of the other songs, it's a little not quite as prominent. Like, like a song like "Kill Your Pretty Face," that's all about feel and creating a vibe. Like, that's it, just that repetitive little riff, and it builds and it builds and it builds. But on some of the like songier songs where they're singier, like I think he's playing there. He might not remember it, but I think he's playing on the <laughs> album. Well, "Take Your Addiction"
1: is, is great. "A uh, uh, Little Death." fetus
0: uh, come on. <laughs> that's, well fetus is kind of like a lead-in right but yeah, uh, that's so creepy that song's still like I, I i'm not freaked out by much but something about that song gives me chills but, but not, not like, the, the imagery of this is yeah. literally the uh uh marilyn
1: manson playbook at this time you know i mean yeah. it's just pigs in bottles of formaldehyde and you know it's i don't know
0: I don't think Manson came close to ever being this dark. Yeah, he ripped up the Bible and said he was the Antichrist superstar, but...
1: Uh, so he, I but think, you're talking con- like uh, lyrical content-wise.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any Manson song as dark as Kill Your Pretty Face or the horror. I don't think anything comes close to
2: mm-hmm. those
0: two songs. Never thought about it, but you're probably right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely a polarizing release. I think it's fun when I'm in the right mood. Uh, just sometimes I, I'm more of a more in a party mood, honestly. Then, then this and this record is pretty, pretty intense. You're not going to play this at your Super Bowl party this this weekend. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's sports ball? Um.
1: <laughs> sports ball. Oh my god! Yeah, you my you and my wife should watch together. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for Eminem. I'm excited for Eminem. That's what I'll say. Mm. That's, that's- I, I'm never excited for the halftime show I, I almost intentionally leave the room Because it's like always fake Always embarrassing, always overproduced uh, Prince knocked it out of the park And everybody yeah. else can suck a dick so.
0: Prince was incredible And Prince was one I, I sadly missed when it aired So, yeah that- Well, again you're, Look, man, I didn't see Hendrix play live For much <laughs> the same reason you didn't see that You, know? like, well, <laughs> you I, I didn't Prince- like sports And you were a kid yeah, I, I yeah, but I usually at least hung out with my parents to watch the Super Bowl because I I'd get oh, chicken. Oh, really? Get, okay. I, 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 yeah, I get chicken wings and stuff. I mean, for for chicken wings and Cheetos, yeah, I'll, I'll sit I'll sit through a ridiculous yeah. football game. Bring You're it on.
1: Raised in different eras, man. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, my, <laughs> uh, the whole the whole
1: event of like we have to cook these foods didn't exist. Uh, I'm pretty sure my dad watched the Super first Super Bowl of his life when I watched the Super Bowl. So wow. I, I think my whole family could say that. they're like, oh, okay, we guess we're watching this tonight. yeah so. for sure. Yes. Anten- uh, we had antennas back then no cable <laughs> uh, which and by the way, for kids, cable is what we used to use before <laughs> uh, streaming whatever TV so before,
0: yeah and and, and that super even what what I had growing up with a satellite so yeah oh, look at you hot shot. Um, big big timer there was a satellite on the on a dairy farm too if you can believe that <laughs> on a, a satellite TV on a sounds like
1: a pretty successful dairy farm you actually got to get a satellite dish and actually pack up the bags and move to San Diego baby
0: <laughs> yep uh, we don't we don't do dairy anymore it's just beef these days uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah but that, there's still a family farm there's still a family farm yeah my dad's still going uh, I, I think he'll stop I don't know maybe in eight years. He, you know. how did
1: you end up in san diego and him still in uh, with a divorce or
0: no him and mom were still together i just i wanted to do music i wanted to be a singer i wanted to get in the music industry i didn't want to be a farmer <laughs> so when i turned 18 it was like i'm going to music college see ya and wow
1: yeah. i would have done the exact same thing i don't know about music college but left the farm uh yeah we, i was i was raised on a farm uh yeah. but uh, that ended when the parents got divorced uh dad got remarried. I was suddenly a town boy, but,
0: uh, oh, good stuff, man. How good of a singer are you? I, I'm pretty good. Like, um, my, my biggest issue, like, wasn't that I couldn't sing. My issue was like, I, I, I hate, I hate to say it. I need to know where my rent's coming from. <laughs> I'm not good at doing the band thing, living, you know, like gig mm. to gig. I, oh, I, no, I, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm asking talent wise, talent wise. I, I
1: can do pretty high. I can do priest covers. I can do priest. Uh, you have a uh, ability, uh, proper recording set up at your house or not? No, I don't. I, I've I've okay. thought about it. A few times. Uh, go fuck yourself, then. <laughs> I thought we could do a. I thought we I thought we could do a wasp cover. I could I could rip together a a, a tracker. You know, like a, we get one of these songs at least at least a minute and a half, if nothing else. But it'd be kind of fun. But uh, yeah. That could I'm, not, I'm not I'm not doing it if you get you doing it with you know fucking Skype audio or Zoom audio.
0: Yeah, no, that would be well. Yeah, that'd be rough. Yeah, no, I, okay. I I I miss it sometimes. I do miss singing, uh, but. Yeah, that was I. I the last band I was in, we did a wasp cover. Actually, we did "Sleeping in the Fire," and that was a mistake. That was a mistake. Yeah, was. I, I I thought it'd be easier to sing. Nope. 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 The priest yeah. cover doing doing between the hammer and the anvil by Judas Priest was easier to sing than "Sleeping in the Fire."
1: No, I. Uh, well, that was one of the the things I learned pretty well. Everybody does. It's yeah. like well, we're going to do covers, but only ones we want, and then you go we're never playing those songs again yeah, yeah. like i played him we had a melvin's honey bucket was one of our, our first songs we learned going years back decades long before your dad did get pissed at wasp so
2: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> that, this was a fun side okay. bar.
1: I, I, I fucking tangented the shit out of this thing now so uh well, that it was fun going man. singing and uh yeah so
0: that was fun yeah so, I how to bring it all back. Farm pigs. Uh yeah, kill fuck die. Uh this was an intense record. Uh the tour itself was intense. Uh I sent you a video last night. Mm-hmm. Uh where blackie blackie uh sharpens a knife on his codpiece i was actually shocked by that because blackie also has stopped playing
1: you know fuck like a beast because of religious reasons yeah the fact that, that 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 recently he was fucking a nun on stage well basically raping a tied up nun on yep. stage let's be honest here i mean the, the nun yep. was not complicit in the act
0: yeah that was a. Uh, that was that's intense. so kudos alex
1: I didn't think you could send me a recent wasp video that would shock me. I mean, 97
0: is uh, I, I wouldn't say that's super recent, but
1: eh. well, in my wasp fandom, it's like, well, they they fucking did all this other shit. What the hell could they do to, to up the yeah. ante? I'm like, yep. Okay, add up I'm, the ante. Yeah, yeah,
0: I'm raping them on on the cross and then I'm going to decapitate a pig during the horror. No, that, because that, that's what he did during the horror after the last verse of the horror. Uh, he there was like a spigot. He would like on the drums, he would crank and a pig rose out on the stage. He'd cover it in fake blood and he'd ha- take a samurai sword and he'd like hack at it until the head came off during the horror. And then strobing. Yeah. That tour was intense. Like he, like so if he,
1: him and Alice Cooper were brothers. Alice would be the, the favorite son of the family
0: probably you know what's funny is him and alice didn't get along for years uh they 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 took shot barbs at each other back and forth in the press there's a song on a raise your fist and yell by alice cooper there's a song on that album called step on you it's a diss track against blackie lawless <laughs> oh. yeah it yeah he's like he didn't think blackie was that original yeah wow. like, I'm a squash. No, you. Yeah, I'm gonna squash you out of sight. I'm gonna step on you. That that's the song, basically. Alice has always been a little bit uh
1: I don't know, uh backhanded complimentary when it comes to anybody that does theatrical uh kind of rock. Like the one guy he's embraced is Rob Zombie, but you know, he's always kind of had that kind of like you know, almost like looking down at you, kind of like uh shit when it comes to Kiss or uh Marilyn Manson. So Not a big shock to find out that uh, a guy, especially in the 80s, trying to revive his career is like, uh, you know, pointing out that that maybe someone tried to do theater before Wasp. You know, I mean,
0: yeah, yeah, I've I've never understood it because Alice is so such a cool guy. And but I don't know, territorial, maybe Uh, like you you did it first. But look
1: at the times, I guess. I mean, I, I can't believe he still gives a shit.
0: Yeah, I know, uh, they're friends now. I think I I, I th- he said I read a, I heard a recent interview where he said something kind of nice about Blackie, where he was like talking about <laughs> they had a good conversation at a festival about their faith, because you know you know it's funny we just talk about him tying having a nun tied to a cross and raping it, and now he's a born again Christian. Uh, so so how 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 things change for sure. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I used to throw meat now. No, i I just don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah,
0: for sure. But yeah, it was an intense tour. It would start like you know with all the new stuff, and then this would have been a trip, I think, go, to go see one of those KFD shows because he would do all the stuff you wanted to hear up front: on your knees, hellion, fuck like a beast, I want to be somebody, blind in Texas, and then the and then at the, end, the last three songs of the show were sorry, last four. He would do kill ahead. He would do kill your pretty face little death and then the horror and that's how the show ended like that's a hard that's a dark way to end the show that is a that is, <laughs> no that's shit. an intense ending <laughs> to your set and to quote uh i think the drummer was Seth howland at the time he said that destroyed our female following like like that de- like the show's shrunk that after
1: that destroyed the f- like yeah like okay the two girls that came no longer came i mean come on wasp wasp is almost like slayer in that sense don't talk to me about your fucking female following you know i mean it's just like yeah we were doing really good with the pussy until fucking blackie started
0: playing kill fuck die songs and then it's like well i guess i gotta
1: go home and jerk off
0: I'm sure they still got laid, for sure. For sure. I, I don't know. I don't know I what they respond. <laughs> Kill, fuck, die. All you get from life. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
2: Oh,
1: man. Or they fuck that pig, that Blackie beheaded every <laughs> man. <I don't>
0: know. <laughs> uh, squeal for me, boy.
1: Hey, you asked oh, me to be on the show.
0: So. I, uh, I'm glad you are. I, 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 don't get, I don't get to do humor like this often. When I do humor like this, it scares people. So I'm glad you're here. Uh, yeah. Let, let's do picks. I'm, I'm going to uh, go kill your pretty face. It's such an intense song.
2: The, the
1: obvious picks are pretty easy if you're gonna do that i'm just gonna go right with uh, kill fuck die Favorite is you, man. I don't really. um Probably, I mean, Wicked
2: Love.
1: I, I but you, yeah. I like you. I like you. I just I don't know. So right. man,
2: I'll, like I'll you give me. you this.
0: This on Wicked Love. I can't think of how the song goes right now. So that if that tells you anything about yeah. it, yeah,
1: that's usually a good sign, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, that Not, that's a... I, no joke. I actually this sat a good chunk of time. It, probably since um. I should mention this uh, since uh, uh, Headless Children. This is the CD that I spent the most time in my CD player in my car since that record uh, wow. from a Wasp album. But uh, uh, that was definitely the one that I, I gravitated back to, which is weird because like I, I can acknowledge that it's kind of a cash grab, kind of a a, a a cliche, just trying to hop on a trend kind of deal. But I thought it was well done. I You know, nothing wrong with that.
0: For sure. And that kind of brings it to the end of part one of the chapter. We'll leave Blackie raping the nun and beheading the pig. (laughs) We'll see what happens when, when we return uh, for, for the next, I think we got six more to talk about after this, but. Baco, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you for coming on the show, man. It's it's great to have you have you on. It was great to hang out with you in Nashville. Uh, I think I was a little awkward. I was a little nervous about meeting people I'd only talked to online. So uh, thank you for agreeing to do this. this. This was this was a this was a blast. You want to plug Cobras and Fire real quick?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Go to cobrasandfire.com and just spell the whole thing out. Um, you can find all our episodes, all the archives and stuff like that. Um, also links to all of our social media accounts on Facebook twitter um those are the main ones we have a youtube page that it, we're starting to get back to be a little more active with definitely check out all of our stuff we are a uh, comedy rock talk show we basically make fun of what we love um which is guys like alex we've uh, uh mentioned him on the show and made fun of him and i guarantee <laughs> after this there's gonna be a ton of shit coming your way uh, alex and so, no, i really <laughs> i really pre- appreciate the show material uh but no definitely uh yeah if you if you like alex, yeah, 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 we, we, we don't have quite the depth of knowledge that Alex has, but uh, we have the passion, and uh, we're also old guys complaining about things in our basement, uh, and we talk about all sorts of crazy stuff, and uh, I I absolutely enjoyed the hell out of this. I look forward to part two. Uh, Wasp yeah. is is just a fun band they're 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 up there with kiss and the misfits with me they're just fun to talk about there's so much color and shape to what they do uh so i appreciate the invite alex i've been looking forward to this i'm glad we got to do this so
0: thanks man Till next week i'm the sly dog peace love and the horror (laughs) listening to the sly dog music cast if you want to know what's going on follow me on twitter at sly dog music cast or facebook at sly dog music cast thanks again for listening peace love and music